Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to this new extended part of the Geek Town Radio podcast network. If you listened to the main show last week, I mentioned we were going to be splitting the interviews out. So rather than be part of the main show, they're going to go out on the same feed, but they're going to be their separate own podcasts. And uh, I explained the reason for this is because I'm getting quite a lot of interviews in at this point and I'm not being able to put them out fast enough because we only obviously do one Geek Town radio show a week and I need to be able to put them out more regularly than that. So uh, we're putting all the interviews out as their own separate thing. And I'm calling this Geek Town Behind the Scenes because that's pretty much who we interview most of the time. It's usually people who are working behind the scenes in film and TV. For the first show, the person we're actually interviewing is a YouTuber. Her name is Diana Cohen. She's probably better known to quite a lot of people that follow her on YouTube as Physics Girl. She was lovely and wonderful to talk to. She produces these really interesting and easy to digest science videos on her YouTube channel. But the thing she's been working on most recently is a new show, which is a YouTuber which they've done in conjunction with the BBC called The Edge of Science. The main presenters are Rick Edwards, who I'm sure many people will know, and Colin First, who is a fabulous inventor and creates all sorts of wacky, wacky things. The first episode of it, which is dealing with levitation and they try to levitate Rick, it's brilliant. It's around about half an hour. Um, It's well, well worth watching if you're into science and stuff. And they, they kind of investigate the sort of back to the future to style hoverboard and whether it's actually possible to create something like that. We are in 2020 after all. Diana was one of the contributors to the segments on that show and uh, does some of the background. It's really interesting the stuff that that she gets to talk about in that. Uh, Her main videos as well are are fascinating and uh, really well worth going to watch. You can find her at youtube.com forward slash physics girl and all over social media as well. If you just go and look for the physics girl, you'll find her. So Diana obviously has a background in science. She has a physics degree from MIT. She worked in various different fields of astrophysics and software engineering and loads of other different things before finally becoming a full-time YouTuber. Uh, She has over 1.3 million subscribers to her channel, so pretty popular on YouTube. She spends her time writing, filming and producing content as well as doing public engagements and uh, she's involved with other TV shows as well as this newer collaboration on the Edge of Science 
between YouTube and the BBC. So I sat down for a chat with her about all her different stuff about working on YouTube and doing that as a full-time job. We talk about obviously the edge of science and uh, we also get into a little bit about the science of Star Trek as well. So uh, here's the interview with Diana. Hope you really enjoy this. There'll be more interviews coming out this week. The regular Geek Town radio show is of course already out now so go and listen to that if you want to catch up on your TV and film news and uh, you can always get daily TV and film news by going to geektown.co.uk Here's the interview with Diana Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's lovely to be able to sit and chat for a bit about the uh, new show um, and and all your work on YouTube as well. So should we start by doing a little bit of background? Like, how, how did you get interested in science in the first place? Ooh, um, oh, man, I think th- this is such a funny question to me because I feel like all kids start out interested in science because yeah. science really is just like allowing your curiosity to flow free. And most kids start out asking questions about lots of different things, how humans interact, how the world works. Um, and science is more just allowing yourself to keep exploring that curiosity in a deeper way, asking questions about the natural world. So, so for me, it's like, well, we were all into science. And then at some point, maybe a class or some schoolwork got us uninterested, but I, I just, well, I loved school. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, I just loved that, that science satisfied my curiosity about the world. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. My friend has a five-year-old and the constant why questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe maybe for some people, their parents just get annoyed at the constant questions and my parents just sucked it up and kept answering. Yeah. So interest in science. Yes, yeah, a good way to be. And then you set up the YouTube channel, which is what, like got one and a half million followers or something. And it's uh, uh, how did you come to the idea of setting up a YouTube channel in the first place? So the the original concept behind the channel was not what it is today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked making science videos. I never intended this to be a career. <laughs> it was all a surprise to me as much as to anyone else who's looking at this and being like, how did a, a physics student end up being a YouTuber? That doesn't... <laughs> Um, yeah, but the original idea was just to sort of make some fun videos, blow off some steam. And a couple of them were about science. And then I realized, oh, oh yeah, I liked science communication and I have for a while. And I like these sort of creative pursuits, creating video, telling stories and a YouTube channel about science was just a fun, excellent way to combine those interests. And for me to get silly and then walk the line of what's too silly as, as judged by the internet. <laughs> harshly, usually. <laughs> I, well, harshly in the comment section. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, I watched the uh, the Dark Matter one you put up recently, um, which uh, is fascinating. You got to go to CERN for that as well. That must have been. I I did. I did. Yeah, we we're working on a third video in that CERN series. So the first the first one was about antimatter. The second one was about dark matter, and then this one. I don't know. It's supposed to be done next week, but I still don't know what it's going to be about. I think it's going to be about particles. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the other thing, of course, you're involved in is the Edge of Science, which is this this new uh, show that they put on, which is done with the BBC as well, isn't it? So uh, the the first episode's out. It's about levitation. The first episode is really good fun. It's one of my biggest disappointments that we're in 2020 and still don't have hoverboards. So. Uh, <laughs> um, how did you get involved with that? I'm trying to remember exactly how this connection came about. Um, I think that originally the BBC w- reached out to me. I've worked with YouTube a lot on various projects. So so this was a really unique collaboration between the BBC and YouTube. I don't know exactly how they found me, but I suspect they were like, you know, we want to work with some YouTubers, which is a really interesting, unique direction to take with a BBC series. Hmm. Um, to be like, we want to actually collaborate with people who are already on the platform. So they found me and my channel. <laughs> I've been doing this for about five years. So I, maybe that's veteran status in the YouTube world. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they just reached out and asked if I wanted to be involved. And I was like, this looks really, really interesting. It looks like a, I've never worked with the BBC before. That sounded incredibly exciting. And of course, I, I typically we're a huge, a very, very small team here. It's usually just me and my editor who films in the studio with me. Sometimes I bring him along to a shoot, but to go film with the BBC and be like, you have to get permits. What's that all about? (laughs) Or, or you have a dedicated audio person. That's crazy. (laughs) So, uh, so it, it seemed just exciting to get involved and be, be a part of something that was bigger than, than what we usually do on YouTube. Yeah. So the whole thing, like I say, the first episode's about levitation. It's dealing with, you try sort of three main things, which is sound and magnets and superconductors. And you're kind of doing the background bits. It's sort of Rick Edwards and Colin Furser, the people that are trying to create the levitation thing. And you're doing kind of insert bits. Um, yes. But the, I thought the, the thing about this, the bit about levitating buildings, I thought was absolutely fascinating though it is really fascinating um yeah i went into that particular segment a bit skeptical about what this technology would be capable of and i think the idea is is to use a type of electromagnetic levitation for for levitating entire buildings and being able to sort of flip a switch when an earthquake is happening and have the entire building levitate so it's separated from the seismic movement of the ground really crazy concept. Really cool. Hmm. Um, I was skeptical, but after seeing how it works and seeing, um, their prototypes, just small tabletop prototypes, I was really fascinated. And I think that's the thing about, about engineering is that, you know, it might not be groundbreaking science, but the applications are so creative that to a scientist like me, it's like, wow, what's impressive here is the human mind and what they can come up with using scientific principles. So that was that was a really fascinating segment for me to to get to be part of. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the, the idea of being somewhere and like an earthquake happens and just suddenly all the buildings leap off the ground. <laughs> just, yeah. just nuts. But I Bizarre. Love, see, that's the sort of thing we should be having in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Forget. Yeah. Forget hoverboards. Like we're, we have, Floating we have hover buildings. buildings. Yeah. Hover, hover buildings. buildings. That's what yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's other YouTubers, other YouTubers, as you say, involved in the project as well. Just, you know, and there is a community of people that do science in YouTube. Do you, do you guys know each other particularly? Do you, are there kind of science <laughs> meetups of YouTubers and stuff? Are we, are we evil enemies? No, <laughs> we're, we're all, I think this surprises a lot of people, but we're all really close friends. I actually used to work for Derek Muller from the channel Veritasium. Right. And I'm going up this weekend to visit Simone Yetch, who's the creator of Robots and among other unique engineering projects. And I'm trying to think who else I've, I've even seen very recently. I have a, a phone call just to chat about life and work with a couple other um, PBS hosts from the network that I'm part of. So we're all we're all really close. I think we all we all collaborate we brainstorm together we complain <laughs> a lot about the things that you can't complain about publicly um yeah i think we're a really tight-knit close community that's that's quite supportive it's amazing that's really good and on the show as well it's it's a nice mix of obviously you've got the two guys that are presenting it but there are a lot of other um female scientists youtubers and yeah. female scientists on there as well which is is great and i know that's something that's always been a bit of an issue is getting women more involved in science so how are you finding that with the channel do you do you find it works for that or yeah I, so i noticed that as well that the BBC or YouTube or whoever made sort of the decisions on who was involved in this project made a conscious effort to include women, I, I suspect. And the reason I suspect that is because there are not that many of us. Mm. I think it, it's maybe maybe 10% at most of the science communicators on YouTube are women. So you'd have to search harder in order to find the women. But I'm very glad they did because I think, I mean, not not just myself, but some of the other incredible women that were featured on the channel. I'm blinking on her name right now, but, um, Ennis Dawson from Jura Ennis Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, she's incredible. She's very inspirational, very smart. So she deserves a lot more sort of publicity and attention in the way that a lot of these male creators have gotten. And I think it's, it's really wonderful of the BBC and of YouTube to, to, I don't know if they made that effort, but it seems like they did. And if they did, I'm glad, I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think it's one of these things that you. I find this because I do a lot of behind the scenes talking with people in the showbiz industry of like camera people and that sort of stuff. And there there are certain jobs where you look at and go, why aren't there more women involved in doing I this? And it's like that with science. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, you know, a lot of the hobbies that I enjoy as well, like surfing, there are hardly any women. So, so I think it's having been in physics and being one of the only women, and then a lot of the hobbies I like, like surfing, there are hardly any women. I'm like, what, what is it about these particular things? Like I love them and I'm a woman and it has nothing to do with me being a woman yeah. or, or being not feminine. Um, yeah. I just, I don't understand it. Um, but I think, I mean, I think it's cultural. I think much of, uh, you know, scaring women away from these certain jobs or certain hobbies is the culture of 
of the environment. So I don't know, maybe that's the case with, with, yeah. you know, producers. I don't think I've ever had an audio person that wasn't a, a man when I've worked on bigger productions right? or like a DP or something like that. Usually it's a man behind the camera, a man with the audio equipment. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to see in behind the scenes, you are, we are starting to see that change certainly over the last few years. Uh, like composing used to be quite a male dominated industry mm-hmm. and, and you're getting a lot more female composers and you was getting that with the directors and stuff as well yeah. now. so so it's changing on that side so hopefully you know it'll yeah, change on the good. science side as well it's getting yeah. more level which is good. pilots pilots there yeah hardly any but then I, I mean you look at something like nursing where there's hardly any men but yeah i mean men would be just as good at being nurses yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's weird i find it very strange yeah um on to some more kind of general questions what's been okay. the most fun thing to do with your job <laughs> the most fun thing um well i think this is kind of a generic answer but i have the most fun when i get to work with other people and right. it doesn't really matter who it is. I mean, I've, I've gotten to work with just, I'm still pinched myself knowing some of the people I've worked with, like Rodney Mullen, who's a professional skateboarder or Sophie Dossie, who's a famous contortionist. But then at the same time, I just have so much fun with my team, with my crew. It's, it's, you know, me and my editor. And then I have a, a new producer who works part time and we just have so much fun in the office. <laughs> and I think maybe I'm giving this answer because I worked by myself for, about four years and I found out very very deeply that I'm an extrovert so after four (laughs) years of working alone I think I'm I'm like there are people around me it's so fun (laughs) I could show off (laughs) right right I could tell I can tell them about science and I know they know as they know that my kryptonite is just ask me a question about science and I will drop whatever I'm doing and be like, Oh, great question. I'd love to talk about it. And we'll go off about cosmic microwave background or something like that. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, what's the most interesting experience you've had since doing it? The most interesting experience. Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> so many things, so many things have been interesting. Maybe one of the more surprising things has been that this has turned into a business. Right. I think it's been interesting to me that you can start a YouTube channel and then four years later you have an S corporation with two and a half employees and, uh, and an accountant. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting to see what kind of jobs you can have nowadays. Mm, yeah. Um, it's 2019, but I think people are still a little bit shocked that a YouTuber can do that as a living yeah. and actually make it into not just a company, but a company with other employees. So that's, that's been interesting to to sort of experiment with with the types of careers and jobs you can have yeah. nowadays yeah mm-hmm. no i entirely get that as i do this full time so you yeah know. wonderful yeah i i think i mean this is an excellent example i think of the power of the internet is maybe <laughs> what it's mainly an example of but when you created any type of media you used to have to go through traditional yeah. platform you had to write for a newspaper or a magazine or maybe eventually radio and television but now you can create a blog or videos or a podcast or create your own type of website that it, that doesn't 
you know, if you can get it featured on the right thing, like Reddit, then you can build an audience with some weird, totally non-traditional type of media. Yeah. I think that's what's amazing about the internet. <laughs> yeah, it is incredible. I It always just amazes me, particularly videos on YouTube. I'll upload something from, you know, a convention or something I've been to, and you suddenly find that one particular video takes off yeah. and everything else gets ignored. <laughs> and you're like, why, why that one? <laughs> why that one? Yeah. Like, so I weird. still don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so weird. What, what grabs people's attention and what doesn't. Yep. Um, so other general questions, uh, who inspires you? Oh man. Um, inspired or inspires either way so my friend simone i'll go with her first simone yet she's she's another youtube creator but she's also an inventor she's one of my best friends um and also does sort of what i do but and i always love to i always love to think about the fact too that she's younger than me but she's like my idol she's amazing (laughs) she's just so inspirational in everything she does and i think i think that's one of the lucky things about my job now is that i'm sort of surrounded by the people that inspire me yeah i'm also inspired by other women in non-traditional jobs like i really like hard rock music so i'm inspired by some of the female singers there because because again it's mainly mainly men singing hard rock so so i I think that i'm inspired by women in non-traditional jobs in general yeah yeah it's cool what's your favorite science fact (laughs) hypothetically black holes can evaporate okay Interesting. <laughs> this has never been observed, but there's theory proposed by Stephen Hawking, among others, of mm. of um, how black holes could potentially evaporate over time and disappear. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Have you yep. got Have you got a video on that one yet? <laughs> I think I think I yes I made a video on that specifically um, because that was that was something I had learned while I was at MIT. I remember you know probably cornering a professor in the hallway and being like, "Tell me about your research," and getting into sort of the weirder stuff you don't get taught mm. in a traditional classroom. And I remember one of the professors telling me some story about black holes, blah blah blah. They can evaporate, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Hold on, pause. Um, and so something is something that stuck with me in a lot of those moments throughout my education that were either mind blowing or confusing or just made you pause and think, holy yeah. cow, our universe is so bizarre. Those ended up turning into video topics later on once I started the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a bit like the, 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 the dark matter thing where you're like, well, we think there's stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and everything points to the big stuff out there, but we don't actually know. So <laughs> Right, 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 right. And this this black hole evaporation thing, I mean, it's it's like a mathematical theory and then the physical interpretation is like, whoa, so if black hole would slowly evaporate and disappear over many billions of years, but yeah. <laughs> depending on the size of the black hole. But yeah, it's hypothetically possible. Cool. I'll have to go look that video up later. Um <laughs> So uh, what are you doing next? More videos on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> More videos on YouTube. So I, I'm actually really excited about some sort of secret projects coming up, which cool. I can't talk about. Um, but there, I realized that they, they sort of have a common, they have a commonality, which is that I'm going to be starting to do science communication in unusual ways. <laughs> so I, can't, I, can't, I wish I could get into specifics, but I have a few sneaky plans coming up. Um, so I guess it's sort of doing the kind of science communication that no one has done before doing weird things. So not, 
you know, not traditional media, not even necessarily media, not videos, but, but science communication in non-traditional ways. So that's what, <laughs> those are the ideas that I have coming up. I'll leave it at that. Science <laughs> communication in Latin while juggling. <laughs> Precisely. On a street corner. <laughs> On a street corner. Yeah. No video involved. On TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay so last couple of questions for you and these are always the same because we always ask everybody these so the first question is what tv shows are you watching at the moment oh okay so i just binged the german netflix show dark um, which is uh, sort of a sci-fi drama mystery show loved it yeah couldn't stop watching it what else um parks and rec yes great another one yeah. i've been watching a lot of those are the current current obsessions cool and this is a slightly odd one for you but if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show it can be something in the past something present or something future what show would it be oh and it doesn't have to be like science communication no it doesn't have to be science communication could be could be anything could be okay. i mean maybe maybe it's maybe it's like if you could be in the world of one of the shows, maybe, or... Oh, I mean, Star Trek. <laughs> of course, yes. Right? Yeah, <laughs> has to be, surely. Right? Or maybe Battlestar Galactica. I was a big fan of that when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it, I think it'd go to Star Trek. Yeah, you see, now we're showing the age difference, because I was a big Battlestar Galactica fan in high school, but I mean the original one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, which I've never seen, but but the remake was when I was in high school. So yes, it's wonderfully cheesy. The original, I really love it. But yeah, Star Trek. I, I think the thing I love about Star Trek, I the very in fact the reason I do podcasting and the reason that I started it was because somebody offered me an interview with George Takei, and that was the very oh, first person I interviewed. Gosh. Oh my gosh, how amazing! Uh, and he's fabulous. As a, yeah, as a Star Trek fan. I think I would have lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was like the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done, and I've, I, you know, that and but that was the thing that started me going. I quite like in this interviewing, like, and kind of ended up uh, three hundred episodes later. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. But what I love about Star Trek is the fact that so much of the stuff in there has inspired people that work in science you know and and they freely admit it as well that you know it's like candy teleporter every work you know the idea of the communicators and that sort of stuff yeah i think i mean when you show that kind of creativity kind of open people's imaginations to what's possible the people who have those technical skills are like i want to try to make this a reality (laughs) yeah yeah which is great because they've actually managed it in maybe yeah. not the way we envisage but they've managed it in some cases so yeah I, yep. I, the, the, I would love to see a teleporter happen but though it sounds that I, I've seen the scientific explanation of how that works and it sounds quite painful yeah yep. <laughs> so it would be great though very convenient I could like go anywhere that would be really useful I know maybe maybe even um, more environmentally friendly who knows well maybe <laughs> yes maybe um, well I'm gonna let you go it's been lovely to chat with you and uh, I I really enjoyed the first episode of uh, Edge of Science it's up on YouTube right now so I will be watching more if they they do more and put more out Uh, yeah uh, I'm definitely hoping for more I really enjoyed being involved with that project I think it was a a unique collaboration so I'm excited to see what they do next hopefully more yeah hopefully more and if they want to find you what's your YouTube for everybody it's youtube.com slash physics girl and then everything else like Twitter Instagram facebook i'm at the physics girl right okay so yes people should go and check you out on there because the videos are great so (laughs) 
<laughs> awesome. Well, uh, have a great day. It's been lovely to talk to you. Likewise. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.